everybody. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is Throwing Wrenches, the auto podcast that was completely right about Lordstown Motors. How does that make you feel? We're never right. No, we pretty much nailed that one from the get-go. On this episode of Throwing Wrenches... Blue Cruise News, Rivian has fat stacks of cash to burn, Bezos and Elon are in the measuring contest, and not the kind you probably think. And somebody bought the Porsche from Risky Business, Daryl. And I'm not sure I would have paid that price unless it came with Rebecca de Mornay. All these stories and more, coming up next. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, to join the fun, please jump on Throwing Wrenches on the Facebook page. Just type in Throwing without the G, Wrenches, and go there. Or you can send us an email at info at throwingwrenches.com. Uh, we'd love reviews. You know, the iTunes, I, I checked it a couple days ago, but uh-huh. I don't think anything's changed here recently. No, it's been pretty radio silent. It has been radio silent. I think it's the Regan show. They're still listening to the Regan show. Because it, <laughs> it was long? Is that what the joke is? <laughs> That's Well, it's been two shows running now that I made that joke. So. <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. It's, it's content that's well worth the, the well worth a listen. Yes, exactly. So, uh, as always, we always want to start the show off and talk about our sponsors, so that way we don't have to spend the whole show talking about the sponsors. Daryl, have you ever heard of Fort's Toyota Pekin? I might have in passing. In passing, mm-hmm. yes. Fort's is one of our longest sponsors of the show, Daryl, and they are a new and used car Toyota dealership in North Pekin, Illinois. They can be found on the web at toyota-pekin.com. They can also be found on all the socials of at Fort's Toyota. So that's Instagram, that's Facebook. Um, let's where else? TikTok. You're the, in the TikTok tick- now. The talk. Well. I wouldn't go there looking for any real TikTok content. I imagine, and I actually don't have to imagine too much because I work there, Daryl. They have a Snapchat, and <laughs> I don't think do. I don't think a Snapchat's been put on there in a while. So. Probably not. Anyway, well, you can get on that tomorrow morning. Yeah, but if you go to Toyota-Beacon.com, you'll find their whole selection of new and used cars, and actually, two trucks of new Toyota showed up today. Wow! Yeah, we got some new Rav fours. Uh, we got Siennas. We got Highlanders. All kinds of stuff coming in. And this is an insider scoop, never to be heard anywhere else. You heard it here first. Yeah, the truck driver. So today I had to go outside and I had to sign off on the, the pre-delivery uh, of, from the truck driver. And he said, the Georgetown factory is going back to 100% capacity next week. Oh, wow. That's where they make the Camrys That's where they make the Camry, like Siennas, uh, Avalons, which I don't think the Avalons coming back. And, uh, yeah, so that's good news. So that means maybe more materials are showing up. Maybe the Toyota's got through some chips that they don't need to worry about on those vehicles. So That's great. That's an optimistic sign. Absolutely. So check them out, toyota-peacon.com. You can call them also at 309-382-4000. 15 minutes from anywhere. That's what they say. We'd also like to say thank you to the Casey Law Office of beautiful Morton, Illinois. Casey Law Office, a proud sponsor of Throwing Wrenches Podcast. And, you know, Gabe Casey's just an all-around great guy. And a vintage. Unless he's suing you. Well, yeah. Uh, but then he's also a vintage vehicle enthusiast now. He's got a lovely classic Chrysler convertible. He got probably from suing somebody. Eh, probably not. Uh, they, <laughs> Casey Law Office, he's going to sue you. Uh, Casey Law Office specializes in consumer law, automotive purchases, and repair home purchases, and repair and other consumer representation against, you know, some shady, unscrupulous business practices. Nobody likes getting fleeced. Nobody likes getting taken advantage of. And Casey Law Office is happy to uh, get you the results you deserve. Give them a call or click. You can check them out at clomorton.com. They can talk about your possible case, whatever you want to discuss, and that's free to give them a call. and a free consult. That's free what they consult. do in the biz, Daryl, you know. Yeah, give them a call. 
He also owns Arena Esports, and it's one of our favorite places. But we never go there anymore because all we do is hang out in Gabe's garage. But well, if you if yeah. you're into the 3D gaming, if you're into the Xbox or the the PlayStation or maybe even the Nintendo. Is there a Nintendo that kids still play? It's oh, ColecoVision. Switch. They got a Switch. Nintendo Switch. They got it all. So try it before you buy it. Bring bring your whole family out. Bring the kids out. Give the kids 50 bucks so they can spend the afternoon out there playing all the games they want to their heart's content. That's what Arena Esports is. It's in downtown Morton. It's a great little gaming cafe. And uh, you can find them on the web at 309arena.com. They're also on Instagram. They've got to pop a little Instagram account. They do. Like and follow that. You'll dig yep. it. Yep, very cool. Uh, also a great place to hang out and eat pizza while you game. Just really? don't, yeah. The table. I like the big table. The big tables. Yeah. We like the decor. That's the funny thing. When we get older, we're like, yeah, I don't care about this <laughs> whole nice table. computer laters you got on the wall. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your LED light strips. Now, we also have Patreon folks who help support the show. We do appreciate those folks a lot because it means so much to us to help to keep the show running. We sound like an NPR fundraiser every time we talk about the Patreon folks. Patreon subscribers uh, got an awesome pre-show, 55 minutes of... I don't, we didn't talk so much about art and culture this time. We talked a little bit about my camper adventure. We talked about cars and coffee this week. Yeah, talked about some upcoming road trips. And David Lee Roth. We talked a lot about <laughs> David Lee Roth and rock and roll. Yeah, we did. And we never did. So the deal was, and I'm going to finish the story from the Patreon free show. <laughs> okay. Is that fair? Is that fair to the people who yeah, aren't on there? Maybe. So the deal was, Roth said that the news will be disclosed when they open the safe. That was the cryptic last message he put on it. So, like, he's going to die in a week. Yeah, we're going to hear some bad news. I just That's a publicity stunt, I think, by the way. But anyway, if you want to know what that's all about, you got to be a member of the pre-show crowd. you got to be in with the cool kids, folks. Just pony up the five bucks and, and you're in. in with the in crowd. Yeah. It's like the old 60s song. Yeah. Only that was not David Lee Roth. Now, we do keep getting an email from Marina Elizabeth there. I'm not sure if Marina is, is trying to get a hold of you. but if you Who is check, it? We, we are? Or you well, are? Have you seen this? It keeps no. coming at info at throwingwrenches.com. No, no. You, any, I keep getting it. It says, Marina Elizabeth sent you a message. She sent us two messages yesterday, and she's waiting for a reply. And Daryl, <laughs> she is ready. Come quick. Is and, that what she's and, saying? And it was click here to chat with her. And, and I'm not sure if Marina's a listener to the show, but I can't stop getting these emails. I need to. I, I'm going to go on a limb and say probably not. Okay. Um, it, the, the message, folks, is a little more detailed than that. It's oh. a little more saucy. 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 But did you click on that link? No, I did not click did on that. Did you give anybody your was, social security I, number? I, I was pretty sure she was looking for you, so mm-hmm. I, uh, I left it alone. No, I, I incognito. That's what I do, so uh, I don't have to deal with that. I don't. I just the, the little creepy guy in the corner in the incognito mode <laughs> makes me feel like I'm doing something dirty all the time. I can't. Well, I can't do it. Well, who? Why else would you be doing anything in incognito windows? Because you don't want people to know your location. You know, I could tell you stories about what the dealership can see when you click on a link. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you, oh, visit, yeah. If you and you know this from working at a, a giant medical firm, they you can see. From customers, mm-hmm. you know. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. there's, there's oh, yeah. Oh yeah. All those, all those uh, cookies that everybody yeah, keeps yeah, yeah. accepting. Yeah, that's we can track all yeah. that stuff. I'm gonna accept that cookie because I want every article. Next thing you know, they know every time you look at that article, and next thing you know, they keep serving up the content. All right, we're getting could, distracted here. You could always do the in what is it? Private browsing. You could do like DuckDuckGo or whatever. The by the way, would you ever trust that software? No. They probably want your name and social number before you can use it, right? Yeah, you give them all that stuff on the front end, and then you download it, and it's a virus. I'm just kidding. It's not. But it might be. Anyways. Hey, if you don't know my co-host here, Mr. Daryl Scott, let me tell you a little tidbit information about him. 
Did you know that my co-host is a sought-after newsreader? His enunciation, tonality, and cadence are from years of training and hard work in the airwaves. Yeah. Unlike Diamond David Lee Roth, this cat has kept his vocal chops tip-top shape so that you can hear all about the latest projects going on in the Scott Auto Museum of North Peoria. That's Daryl Scott. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. That's very, very kind of you. I compared you to David Lee Roth. I well, appreciate or that. Or against. I, anyway. I, you know, I always fa- fa- fancied myself as a, as a Van Halen front you're, man. You're like, Sam, you're like the Sammy Hagar to David Lee Roth, maybe. I am more. You still have your chops. Van Hagar. So for those who don't know my co-host, he's very much living the rock and roll lifestyle. Oh, oh, oh. Life on the road, small towns one day, and big cities the next. The occasional hookup at the local truck stop. But it's just for the free Wi-Fi. That's it. That's it. So there he goes again. Turn the page. He's Eric Stahl. Tickets on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations. Yes, 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 yes. And by the way, I think when we post this, we should post the <laughs> the family photo at the pumpkin patch that looks like a like an album cover like from my, like the I late nineties. Every year I do something stupid like that. You it's know, great. You know, it took two seconds to make that happen. Yeah, that's everybody. Everybody strike the pose, and and they knew it. Yeah, and they, my wife even got in on this time. It, she's perfect. She's front and center yeah. this year. So Eric's family goes and does they they pick pumpkins <laughs> at the pumpkin patch. Very nice family activity. But if you looked at the photo, it's got like the black and white or the sepia wash mm-hmm. on it. It looks like something you'd see at a co-op records. Oh, it's yeah. great, yeah. and we have to share it. And then Nate Sosa hopped in and put the, the, the dates on <laughs> the and tour the date, dates. The tour dates are like from the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like a central Ohio tour. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you know. We'll be Moraine, in, Ohio. We'll be in Poughkeepsie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's fantastic, though. I don't know. It was like a uh, a polka band tour. You know. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Bill Hicks had a great bit, too, when he was talking about going on tour in small towns. I call it my flying saucer tour because much like UFOs and flying saucers, I, too, have been spotted in many small southern towns. Flying nice. saucer. Nice. I love Any Bill, Bill Hicks fans out there? Yeah. Info at theronwrenches.com. There you go. All right. Thanks for listening, especially if it's your first time. Does it feel like the first time? Is that a foreigner reference? I don't know. They say you never forget the first time, Daryl. That's a Madonna reference, too, maybe. Ooh, ouch. I don't know. Please share it on Facebook. Please share it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, any place you can share it, we appreciate it. And again, if you send a review through iTunes, we'll get you a fancy sticker. So make sure you do that. And I'll read it on the air. Daryl, let's hop right in the show. Let's do it. I picked a race daily kill. There it is. I don't normally do this, uh, but we, we were inspired. So I came, yeah. I came back with the Race Daily Kill. I'm glad. I, there, we, we've had some positive feedback on the return, yeah. the triumphant return. So, so here's, here's what I did. I, uh-huh. I, I, I went on to a website. I had an idea, and I was going to like do this and that. And next thing you know, like I was on Edmunds, and Edmunds says, oh, compare some cars. I'm like, ooh, this is cool. I can compare cars side by side. Wouldn't it be cool to see how far back I can go? I was going to compare like three cars from 1990. But then I'm like, oh, well, now wait a second. What if there's a model from 1990 that I could break every every 15 years, you know, yeah. for 30 years, and see, you know, what would be the selection? So, what vehicle? When you think about cars that have been around for eons, that you know are kind of the same, and they've kept the same moniker, they even call it the same car, the Volkswagen GTI. Ooh. It could be the Golf GTI, but it's the Golf. You know, it's their performance. Hatch and this car actually stays very consistent over the years. I was actually pretty impressed the wheelbase and the size. It's still pretty much the same as it was. That car is pert near about the same size it was. I mean, it's a yeah. little bit. It's grown a little bit in length, 
but its width is still pretty similar. So, okay. so this was fun. I went to Edmunds.com. I compared a 1990 Volkswagen GTI versus a 2005 Volkswagen GTI versus a 2020 Golf GTI. I like where this is heading. Yeah. And so Edmunds does this whole thing where it lets the cars you know, sit side by side. Now, obviously, the engine's going to be a little bit different. We got the 1990 has a 16-valve. Uh, oh, oh, 1.8? Yeah, you know what? And so this is where it gets a little hairy because i got to try and scroll down to where they match up first to each other. All oh, these stupid, stupid sites. 1990, 2005. And what was the other one? 2021? Yeah. Hang on. I'm scrolling because it keeps showing the 16-valve on the 1990. I want to see. Okay. So let's go down to engine power. And the 1990 GTI, 134 horsepower. Uh, at 5,800 RPMs, the 2005 is 200 horsepower at 6,200 RPMs, and I believe that's a V6. And the 2020 is 228 horsepower at 47 RPMs. So it's got <laughs> more horsepower at less RPMs than the uh, first one. The torque is almost doubled. The original was 133. 15 years later, 195. Another 15 years later, 258. The displacement was a 2-liter versus a 2.8 back to a 2-liter. Okay, so that's that V six in the middle, middle configuration. Gotcha. All right, and so. that was a big deal for a while when those were out. The VR six, I think it was the VR six, wasn't it? Uh, the VR six is the middle one. Yeah, the, the, the two thousand five. And I wondered if I should have chose the V six, but I thought, oh, what the heck, we'll do it. Fuel capacity fourteen point five on the first one, fourteen point five on the second, and thirteen point two. Crazy how similar these are. Now the ground clearance four point six on the original, five point one on the the second two. Exactly the same. The width of the car is 66 inches on the two, 1990, 68 on the 2005, and 70 on the 2020. So we're four inches wider over over 30 years. And the height, 55 inches, 56 inches, 57 inches. Literally gone up two inches in 30 years. Wow. Does that have a curb weight on there or no? Um, I'd imagine it's gotten lighter. Maybe maybe not. The headroom was actually the funny thing to me. 38 inches, 38.1 original. 38.6 second gen, 38.4 in the third gen. Mm, so new cars are getting smaller. Yeah, well, mm. I, and I have to think that comes down to insulation, noise, NVH, safety. Sure. There's a reason there's extra padding all over the place. Now, um, I was hoping there was one more statistic on there, but I think, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea what we're looking at here. Okay, so so the field of those three yeah. spanning whatever that is, 30 25, years. 30 years. Yeah. Because I, I did the 15-year break. We did a 1990, a 2005, and a 2020. So we have literally 30 years a span with a fifth, the 15-year right in the middle. It's a lot of evolution in it those years. It is a lot of evolution. So, Daryl, I pose to you, which of these cars will you race? Hmm. Which of these cars will you daily? And which car will you kill? Hmm. That's, uh, that's actually kind of tough. Because if I, if I pick something old... To kill, then I'm a heartless bastard. You are, and that's not your style. No. Uh, and if I pick something new to kill, well, then I don't appreciate refined <laughs> modern performance. So I'm just going to go ahead and kill the VR6. I'm going to kill the <laughs> 2005 because that's easiest for me. Uh, I've heard a lot of things about how those are kind of a pain to work on. Great motors. They had a great exhaust note. And I'm sure they're a torquey motor in in a small car like that. That V6 had to feel like a million bucks compared oh. to the four cylinder. Yeah, I would. I would. But the newer ones are turbocharged, right? Oh, yeah, I would think. I think it's a little uh, turbo four it says, cylinder. Yeah, two point four cylinder turbo. So I would go ahead, and I would say the 2021 would be a nice one to daily. 
because it's fast. It, you can keep up with modern traffic, but it's still fun, and it's got all the creature comforts that you'd want in a daily driver. And I would probably race the 1990 just because it's simpler. It's probably a little bit lighter. It's probably more fun to throw around, and it probably makes a great racket. I remember when those those 16-valve uh, 2-liters were out, and uh, there were there were GTI guys. My uncle had a couple GTIs when I was growing up, and I remember that those were just fun to drive cars. And I think when you take the computers out and you take a lot of the the nanny stuff off traction control, that didn't exist in 1990. It was, you know, you probably had a, a, a nice nice uh, five-speed gearbox in there with a decent differential. And the thing would probably do okay on a track, on a road course. So that would be my pick. Um, race race the 90 daily, the 2021, and kill the 2005. Is, is that terrible? No. As, as a matter of fact, as you were working out that logic in your head, I... I I'm struggling between the 2005 and the 1990. Okay. Um, because I, I both of those cars, I think, would be fun to race. I agree with you completely. I think the 2020 is totally a daily driver. Now, there's an argument to be made that the 2020 could be the race car. You know, yeah. I, I watch these newer cars. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a guy with a Benz wagon. It was almost like a Golf. I don't even know what this thing was. It was a twin turbo. It was a monster, and it was in it was in my Class B. B Street and Autocross, like an E Series with like the five or the six three or something. I don't know, but it was fun, and the guy beat me by like a hundredth of a second, you know, versus a Supra. (laughs) But he's all wheel drive, so yeah, which is nice. Yeah, Um, but uh, so I, I could see racing the twenty twenty, but at the same time, of these three cars, the one I'm going to daily, I'm probably going to daily that twenty twenty and just enjoy the ride, have fun. You know, I could take it to the track if I want to, because that's the way this car is built. But we'll daily it. Now, as far as racing, you know, Daryl, I'm going to go with the 2005 to race. I want, okay. I want a little more power. That's fair. I think with the six-speed manual and that V6, I think I'm going to have a, just a little bit more fun than – I drove a 1990 Celica at Autocross. Yeah. I did that for two years. <laughs> and I think that's where that 1990 Volkswagen is going to be. It's a cool car. It's a GTI, you know, with manual. It's going to – it's going to dog leg around. I'm going to have one wheel up in the air. And I'm going to have a blast seeing the pictures of me driving that car. But while I'm driving it the whole time, be like, man, I wish I had something newer. And I think that's where the 2005 is going to fall in. So I'm going to race the Volkswagen GTI. And I'm going to daily the 2020. But I'm going to kill the 1990. Sorry. Right. I've had some 1990s, and I'm, I'm done with the 90s. That's fair. And just looking at the numbers, too, like almost 70 horsepower more. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a difference in a small car. So the the days of having fun with 100 or 130, yeah. 150 horse. Been, just, there, been there. Done been that. there, done that. <laughs> we need some horsepower. Especially you. You get spoiled. You got turbos on everything Oh, now. dude. I can't. I, <laughs> so, okay. So that leads to the next section of the show, the project section of the show. And, yeah. And that's usually where Eric talks about all the stuff he's doing. Uh, sorry, Charlie. Uh, Charlie's a, a fan of the show. He uh, is an autocrosser, and he's got a great little Miata and uh he said, actually, he did give us a suggestion, some feedback, and I forgot to mention this earlier in the show, yeah. but he said we should do, um, maybe on the Christmas show or something like that, we could do this, but aggressive styling. We should like pick our most aggressive styled cars. Ooh, okay. I like that idea. So I think that's a that's a really good idea. Maybe we could do it in Race Daily Kill. I think that's a great idea for Race Daily Kill, just, just cars based on their shape. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. I like it. So getting back to uh, autocross, I did, it was two weeks ago, did, Eric Bonk was there. And uh, he brought out his Miata, 
and uh, it was a family affair. I think is his sister. Is that who he was with? I can't remember. Uh, he's got a daughter. He's got a daughter. One, definitely one his daughter. No, oh. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't meet up with you guys. I was spectating. I yeah. saw Dean. I yeah, saw Dean, Dean and his Dean's like, Daryl was here, and I like ran all over. I, I was like, "Where's Daryl? Where's Daryl?" <laughs> I was like a lost dog, and then you ran away. Well, I think you were working the working the course or yeah. something. Yeah, I didn't want to just. I didn't want to call you, text you because you're working. You don't want stuff happening. And I also didn't know because I came there after it all started, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm a newbie, so I I wasn't sure where I was supposed to be. And there were a couple people that kind of gave me the look, like, "Who are you? Who are you? You're not wearing a vest. What are you doing here?" Um, so I just kind of melted Usually, into I think the what that look was, do you want to volunteer? <laughs> we need somebody out here, <laughs> which I totally would have, but I, I just, I was out there for about two hours and then I chickened out and, uh, went to Jimbo's Jumbos and got a cheesesteak. No way. I did. Is that two Jimbo's Jimbo's runs in a month? Yeah. Two months. I was a bachelor that weekend. So I just, I, I actually got two of them and I ate one. For lunch and right, I won't, I won't call you out on it. I mean, the it's wife's so probably good. listening. All right. No, it's delicious. I love it. Anyways, sorry so, I missed so you. Anyway, so yeah, Eric Bonk was there and uh, Charlie was there. And, uh, but was I, he the blue Miata? No, it's it's a white one. No, the blue one. that blue one. Oh Dude, man, smoking. It was fast. Uh, three guys who were sharing that car. Jason Daly was driving that car on Sunday, and uh, Emmanuel. And I'm trying to think who else. But those oh, these guys all run nationals. They're all like pro. It was insane. That car entered the course and left the course and didn't drop speed at all. Just flaming fast. I watched that thing like four or five runs and it was it's funny because it doesn't look fast. Yeah. It just it just goes. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm and I look and it's like forty six, forty five, forty four nine nine. Yeah. I'm like, it just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dude, I had a terrible day. I, I tell you what, it was on Saturday, uh my first run of the day, I'm I just roll up there and all of a sudden my heart just like I got the adrenal. I don't know if the adrenal gland just like clicked in on Saturday. Yeah, the first day. Yeah, and just uh, my heart. Right, and I'm wearing a Garmin watch. I looked down at my watch. My heart was like 122. <laughs> like what in the hell? I'm like, it felt like a rookie. I just, well, when's the last when's the last uh, event you were at? It was Mossville, and Mossville did pretty good. Uh, but Daly was coaching me all day, and 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 some other guys were riding with me. I just, I don't know. I had, I don't want to call it a panic attack, but I think there, I had like. A little anxiety attack or something. I was just like, "Oh my god!" And I just sure. and uh, the well, su- so- the super brings out like my worst emotions because I'm just like, I want to do the best I can. I want to make sure I make I represent this car. Sure. And uh, I I I struck the first three runs. I struggled, uh, but I, I caught my breath. I started getting a little better as as the day went on. But I still I was middle of the pack for the most part. I just just couldn't quite get together. I just, and then when there were so many people in Pekin at the autocross, this is a Central Illinois SCCA, by the way. Uh, they do three events this year, but uh, last year we didn't do any because of COVID. So this year at the Pekin Airport, we had 60 registrants, which was epically big for us. So that meant we were only going to have seven runs each. Mm. Normally you get eight or nine. Sometimes in Rantoul with uh, Champaign County, you get 10 runs. Oh, wow. Yeah, so seven seemed – I was just like, man, of course – it's like any sport in the world. You're always like, if I could just get one more at bat, if I could just get one more down, you know. Right. I just, if I had one more run, Daryl, I would I have do it. I, I would have been it. so much better. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that it would have mattered that much, but uh, it was a short day with only seven runs, but uh, had fun. And then on Sunday, uh, one of my technicians, one of my ex-technicians, who's kind of a semi-pro driver, uh, came out and drove the Supra, and I drove the FRS and uh, had a fun day. Again, seven runs. I... The FRS, I actually, I actually did better in the FRS, I think, than I've ever driven it before. So, good for you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll uh, keep pushing the FRS. I think the Supra is too much pressure. 
I can't handle it, Daryl. I'm not. Well, it gets in your head. I buckle. It, 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 it I was, really does. I was in a mind game, big yeah. time. Whereas the FRS, I mean, you get hours and hours in that car. Yeah. And you've taken, but you've actually taken the Supra on longer road trips and road rallies. Yeah, it's right? different. Different. It's different. Uh, you know, the set. thing is, the difference is, and this is this is where I'm undisciplined. You have to have measured approaches on the pedal in the Supra. And in the FRS, you can still smash the pedal like I did in that first car I started driving for autocross, yeah. the Celica. The Celica, you could smash a pedal. You're like, Hulk smash, Hulk on, Hulk off, Hulk on. Because it's on. only making 120. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. I want power, no power, an hour, no power. Yeah. You know, and it took a second for the power to show up. Super, that's not how it works. Right. So it was like, you want power? How much power you want? I'm going to bring it <laughs> right now. Can, Whoa, you, you got it all. Yeah, yeah. Tires old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the Viper guy, the Viper guy had a couple really good runs, and then there were a couple where it was like, eh, too much. Yeah, terrible. And yeah. just spun out. And that's just. It that, was a tight track. It was a very tight track. So yes. the bigger cars did, struggled versus the small cars on that day. Actually, both days. I, I felt like it was catered towards the small cars. Mm hmm. Uh, and the Supra really works better in, in the bigger car territory. Anyway, uh, and then the other thing I got going on is this week, Daryl. Yeah, Southern Cruiser Crawl, my favorite time of the year. Down in uh, Tennessee, down in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas. Been there like seven years straight. And guess what, Daryl? I'm not going. You're passing. My son, my boob son, my <laughs> high school senior son. We say, hey, son, it's homecoming weekend. Anything going on? You got a date? Nah. Uh, what about royalty stuff? Nah. Okay. So we get a postcard from DMAC. Well, actually, I take it back. I got a Facebook post from DMAC High School that says, congratulations to our uh, homecoming royalty. Oh, the court or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And guess who's in the royalty court? My son. Your son? Yeah, my son. You're kidding. And it's cool. He's a senior. God bless him. You know, he's he's doing awesome. Yeah, good I mean, for him. Yeah, so he's in the court. He was in the court once before. He, I think he was in town like a year, and he was in the homecoming court. You know, so this is his second time in the court in four years. <laughs> oh, that's great. And it's his senior year. Well, it's SCC. Uh, Southern Cruiser Crawl. It's Hot Springs, Arkansas. It's a TLCA event. I go to it all the time, and I swore. Jake and I had a pinky swear. We had... I think we spit in our hands. We 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 cut our whatevers, you know, and, <laughs> he and took and, a blood oath. Yeah, we did. That we would never <laughs> miss Southern Cruiser Crawl. And it's my son's senior year, so so Friday or Wednesday night's Powder Puff game where they announce who the king queen are. Mm. Friday's the parade for all the royalty. They get to be in there, and then oh, okay. Friday night the ball game. They bring all the royalty out on the out on the football field, and then of course homecomings on Saturday night. And he's got a date, but um, good for him. Yeah, great. Yeah. But I'm canceling SCC because, you know, I need to be – it's my son's senior year. i got to be there for all yeah, that. It's so going to happen one time. And if then... I had to have one excuse, that's it. But I feel like dirt because <laughs> I got – we didn't do it last year because of the pandemic. And uh, so Scott and Candy and uh, Jake and his cousin Andrew, they're – Are they they're, going? They're all going to be there. Okay. I had to cancel my reservations at the KOA just the other day. I felt so terrible. It's okay. Next year. And, and Next so year. one of my employees like – you drove to Ohio today. Why don't you just drive down to to Arkansas for a day or two and then come back? And I'm like, and you know I could do that. Oh yeah, I but could just drive. You've down. also been doing that like every other weekend. Yeah, yeah. So do I want to spend eight hours in a car to drive around a off road park for eight hours and then get in the car the next day and drive home? But no. you thought about it. I did. <laughs> you gave it some serious thought. I could probably pull that off. It's my favorite event. If I drink, uh, you know. 72 ounces of coffee. My heart's going to explode. That was probably the anxiety attack I was having during the race. It was just like, <laughs> will, you, will you please let me rest? <laughs> just, just, I want to sleep in. 
No more Italian roast anyway, from Casey's. That's enough from – yeah, right? Uh, dude – I went to Casey's the other day, and every one of those machines, uh, well, I don't get the creamers. I'll, I'll do like yeah. a three-quarters cup, but then I'll sneak over to the cappuccino machine, and I'll do like the Oh, the, the, the and flavor. Like, and but, you know, yeah. they were all out the other day. And I'm like, it's just as bad as McDonald's getting investigated for their shake machines being out, right? <laughs> I want to call the Casey's to the stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your hazelnut foam is always empty. <laughs> it's out. Anyway, all right, that's enough about me, Daryl. What do you got going on? You got a, a Blue Beauty out and going. I did, I did. I got uh, the 55 Plymouth back on the road after months and months of... Is this your car or the wife's? Uh, technically, it's, it's both of hers, but <laughs> it's really her. She she loves it, and she looks better in it. Um, she actually drove it last weekend. We, we had That argument order. works for all your cars. I'm not sure if you're aware of that it, or not. It does. Yeah. It does. It does. But yeah, we put a new radiator in. My, my folks were down a couple weeks ago, and my dad and I... Is this the one that got sent out? Yeah, it got completely record, and uh, we went through all, replaced all the hoses. Found a nice uh, uh, bypass hose that's got the mold in it, the little bend, because the original one had a. It's got a separate heater core and a defroster heater core. They're two separate ones, oh, two really? separate motors. Yeah, it's actually kind of nice. So if one of them blows up or something, you can you can just loop it and just run the swap other. the hose around. Hey, look like a double radiator. Action. Right, it's like a switchboard. You just plug it and unplug it. <laughs> um, but no, actually everything went back together well. I had to fix the uh, thermostat housing. It had some pits in it from some electrolysis, and I started picking and sanding, and of course, like a couple holes. And it's just an oddball part that is only specific to that car. Uh, power wagon stuff, the radiator is in a different spot. The neck goes straight up. This one's actually clocked and has a uh, bend on it. It's stupid. So I, I tried to uh, – I started – I started. that was the only thing that was going to hang me up. Yeah. So I got new hoses, clamps, all that stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm going to go do what every self-respecting American man would do. And go buy some JB Weld. So I actually bought uh, JB Water Weld because people said that was for any kind of oh, heater so system. Oh, so for like a coolant leak? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've seen guys repair uh, John boats with it. Okay. And supposedly. Say, so I'm going to say the boating crowd probably knows the stuff pretty well, right? Oh, yeah. 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 It comes in a st- – I don't know if you've ever messed with this stuff. Now, we, we use JB Weld every once in a while at the store. It's, it's a running joke you JB Weld anything, but yeah. Yeah. And I know there's certain, certain types of fluids that will eat it up or, you know, just not really good for it. But no, I've I've had really good luck with their stuff, and I used uh, the water well. It comes as like a putty stick, and there's two parts, and it's you take it out of this tube and you knead it like clay. Oh yeah. So I had to go buy new gloves because I'm like I'm not getting that under my fingernails for like two years. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, your fingernails do grow, Daryl. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, but then like, I chew them, and then I eat them, and then I yeah, I'm fifty percent epoxy. <laughs> but uh, no, it's like the gum in your stomach that never digests, right? <laughs> right, exactly. It's what I think of. But uh, no, so I, I fixed that, sanded everything down, went back together, went went really well. And my fuel pump, I rebuilt that too. That had because I can't just have one problem. Uh, my fuel pump diaphragm was was old and leaky, so I rebuilt that with a kit that I got, and it went together like clockwork. It was actually really enjoyable. So put the thing back together, got it on the road, topped all the fluids off, and then Sarah drove it to Cars and Coffee after I. You know, test drove. I didn't just like throw her in and be like, "Hey, I think it's good. Yeah. I hope it doesn't leak fuel <laughs> <laughs> or overheat." Bye. So we uh, we went to the cars and coffee. Saturday. You had no test mileage on it at all. I did. Okay. okay. Yeah, I did. I went up, I went through the heights and I put about ten miles on it. But uh, no, the car car drove great and everything's good to go. So just in time, I've got about two or three more car events. There's a Friday Night Lights, I think the fifteenth, 
and then there's a uh, what they call the Brighton Run or the Run to Brighton up uh, up in Wisconsin. The AACA, the Antique Automobile Club of America, North Shore chapter up in Chicago, they do November 7th. It's this, like the first Sunday in November every year. Mm-hmm. And it's to commemorate the London to Brighton run that was the uh, – basically that car, like, like an early horseless carriage ran against the train and oh, they yeah. ran cool. for those two two cities, London to Brighton. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this sounds like an English thing. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's very much a, you know, you know the motor car. We'll see if, you know, head to head with the uh, It's whatever. like Paul Bunyan versus the steam, steam uh, saw. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they did that in like 1895 or some, you can look it up, I don't know. <laughs> so, and the uh, AACA chapter up north that my dad's belongs to, um, he, they do one from somewhere in the suburbs of Chicago to the small town of Brighton, Wisconsin. So somebody got to ride a horse? Nobody rides a horse. Oh, damn it, because I'd like to see like Gabe Casey's 1927 versus a horse. Right, just <laughs> some like Clydesdale. No, it, it's, it's a fun run and it's, it, depending on the weather, it's great. Otherwise, if it's rainy and cold, well, the and reason snowy, you do a, an event like that in November is because all the old cars can show up and not worry about overheating, right? There's that, but then that also keeps a lot of the—I don't want to say light duty Ooh, collectors. I, I think but, I know where you're going, Daryl. You know the people like, oh, this car's never been rained on, and I never take it out in the whatever. Well, have a nice, have a nice winter. Have yeah, have fun storing your stuff for forever and ever. Yeah. The first, actually, our 47 Chevy, we got that back together. The first thing we did was we ran it on that thing. Yeah. And it was great because we showed up and we met in a Jewel grocery store parking lot with a bunch of my other car club friends from my dad's club. And it was like us with our old Chevys, a couple other people with, you know, other cars. And then there's like an ISO Griffo Revolta or something like some some uh, Ferraris. A guy in a Rolls Royce Silver Ghost rolls up. Oh, wow. Like, there's some really cool collectors up in that part of the world that will drive their stuff. They don't care. And we had a wonderful time. We did it about two or three times in a row, and we stopped going. I think I'm going to try to go this year. I don't know if I'm going to take the Plymouth or I'm going to take so the Volvo. Will you drive the car up there? Yeah. You, yeah. I can see you driving the Volvo up there. I don't know if I could see you driving either of the other two cars that far. Yeah. I mean, they would make it. Be ba- you'd be back roads doing 45 all the way up there, right? The Plymouth would actually – that'll do 70. That'll do 70 all day. Yeah. But the Volvo, I think I might – it might be easier to take it. It's Plus, it's got disc brakes. It's a little easier on the highway. Yeah. We might take that up there. Take the dog up and take that Monday off to come back on. Yeah. But I really would like to do that. I really think, especially with – Everybody talking about electric car futures and things. We've talked before. I think that the the old car hobbies, the days are numbered. So I need to get out and enjoy them while we can. So, anyways, not uh, to be a Debbie Downer. That's okay. And uh, winterizing a little bit. Yeah, so? just I think the only other projects I got working on is uh, I need to start doing windows and inner doors and weather stripping on the '58 Plymouth, and uh, <laughs> start putting stuff away for the winter. So the '58, pl- the never-ending project car. Yeah, the one that I've never started. Basically, I just keep buying parts for and throwing it in it. I'll get there. I swear to God. All right. Uh, That's enough of that. Let's get on to TWISM, Daryl. You know what TWISM stands for? Something, something, this week and something. This week in social media. There it is. All right. It was all over the place. I don't know if you caught this article or not, Daryl. I did not. But someone bought the Risky Business Porsche 928, arguably the least valuable Porsche in all time, right? 
Well, it was. I think that, that might, the tide might be changing. Yeah, apparently so. And that was the car that, if you remember the movie, the Tom Cruise movie. Yes. And uh, Rebecca De Mornay movie. That's a reference from earlier. Oh, is that where that came That's from? That's where that came oh. from. Mm. She's beautiful in that movie. Yeah. She's also kind of good in Jessica Jones. Uh, the Porsche that he borrows from his dad. Well, he didn't really. He kind of just took it while his parents, well, were, parents gone. were out of town. Yeah. And it ended up in Lake Michigan. Yeah. Because of a woman. It's always because of a it's woman. It's always because of a woman. Everything's because of a woman. But you, he, he sorted and I it are out. Sitting, likely our histories are intertwined because of a woman. I mean, that's how, not, right. not the same woman, but no, you know, no. Women, women guide our whole lives, Daryl. Yeah. But anyways, that's the car from the movie. And everybody that watched that in the 80s went, oh my gosh, that's a that's an incredible car. And it just went in the lake. Well, this happened about three weeks ago. And according to Road and Track, Someone paid $1.9 million for the Risky Business <laughs> Porsche 928. Uh, wow. Yeah, Risky Business has a lot going for it. The 1983 comedy. Was it a comedy or was it a drama? <laughs> it was It was kind of a coming-of-age thingy. But yeah. anyway. I didn't laugh a lot. Did you? No. I don't remember. I remember being tense. It's got like call girls and it, it's tense. illegal stuff. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, he did dance around to Bob Seger. But anyway. Uh, Tom Cruise, it made him a movie star, and it gave the world the old-time rock and roll scene. But its biggest cultural contribution might have been the rehabilitation of the Porsche, Porsche 928 image. I'm not sure that that movie defined it for me, but it was a cool car, right? Yeah. The, the movie redefined the 928 is a perfect early 80s performance grand tourier, and the car can escape in a daring chase and was more than worth saving from water damage after it was un, its untimely sinking. Three cars were used in the filming, but most of the filming was done with one, a specific 1979 928. That car sold at Barrett-Jackson yesterday, and this was on September 19th of the article, for $1.98 million, Daryl. That's ridiculous. Whoa. I mean... I like them. I I love the 928. Yeah. I'm a 928 apologist, as you might say. (laughs) But at the same time, one... Point what? One point two million dollars. I mean, it's it's movie history. I guess. I mean, what the didn't like Ecto one from the Ghostbusters movie go for something like that? Yeah, it went for stupid money too. Yeah, but that's cool. At least you could drive that. People would know which. Well, what and it they is. knew it was from Ghostbusters, right? You drive you drive this thing around town. You show up at a cruise night. And someone's yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, that's just a nine twenty eight. Those are kind of the, the crappy portions. <laughs> right. the yeah, you, oh, it's a shame. It's not a nine eleven. <laughs> Maybe someday you can afford one. A hole. And I paid oh, wait, $1.2 million. It's the one from Risky Business. What? Risky what? Tom Cruise? The weirdo? First off, do you have Risky Business in your movie collection? No, I need to. I don't I don't either. Don't? And okay. I'm and can I watch on Amazon Prime right now? Probably not. Can I watch on Netflix right now? Nope. So that movie, I mean, this is this is my whole thing with artists who don't put themselves on streaming platforms. Mm. And I say the same thing with classic movies that are on streaming platforms. Yeah. You're you're limiting your audience and and you're limiting your cultural relativity. Yeah. You know, if if, if, if nobody history. can hear it, yeah, if nobody can hear it and you expect them to pay for it, guess what? They're going to go somewhere else where they can get something they don't have to pay for. I think that's fair. Yeah. What would you pay for that car? If it was if you were a Elon Musk, you had billions at your disposal, and you're like, oh, I really want this car at auction. If I was Elon Musk, I wouldn't buy that car. I mean, there's a million other cars. I'd buy a Bond car before I'd buy that car. All right. All right. I mean, I don't know. It's a cool car. It was a cool movie. I'm out at half mil. But, but, I mean, mean, half mil? I'd I'd go 500K. It's a super clean Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. I just think there's so many other iconic movies that I could think of all the Burt Reynolds movies when I was a kid. I could even think about some Clint Eastwood movies, you know, any which way but loose. I might want the pickup truck from that. 
<laughs> I would. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> or a pink Cadillac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you 59 go. Caddy. Sure. Yeah. No, there, there's some great cars and some great car movies. I just, Risky Business is a cool movie. It's an 80s movie. I don't know. I just don't, maybe, you know, maybe that 1.98 was just Tom Cruise. Maybe he bought it just so, so he no could one else slide could. around his underwear and uh, <laughs> and uh, play Bob Seger. I mean, it would be fun to see him and Rebecca De Mornay, Risky Business too. Yeah, yeah. After the you know <laughs> after it all wears off, <laughs> paternity test, right? Exactly. Where the CTA train people arrest yeah. him for indecent Rebecca exposure. Rebecca De Mornay was just she had that breathy hotness. Well, she was super young in that too. Cause, was she? Yeah, Tom Cruise already uh, made a couple movies. He was in like All the Right Moves and a couple other. He was in like The Outsiders. Oh yeah, yeah. So he already peaked. I don't know. He didn't peak. He was actually Green Man. Is ne- where he peaked. Never peak. That's what I tell my kids. He's terrible now. He's a terrible human being. But Rebecca De Mornay. He's is, just a Scientologist. Well, that's dude, not why. You know, we're big in Burkina Faso. <laughs> I, I think we were going to be big in L.A., and now you just limited us to the Scientologist. I'll call Mimi Rogers and square it all away. All right. All right. They were married, by the way, before. <laughs> Before anybody was anybody. All right. Nobody knows who Mimi Rogers is either. No. Uh, we don't. All right. <laughs> should we move on you to the... Google it. Gosh. News. So old. All right. That was enough of social media there for you, Daryl. Daryl alluded to it early in the show. We were right about Lordstown Motors. Well, we're always right. But yeah, specifically about <laughs> Lordstown Motors. Yeah, we called that. I, I posted some memes that I made about the uh, dog on fire with the Lordstown. And I got, and I put it on Twitter. Oh, I got, I mean, I got a little bit of hate from that. Did you? Why are you hating on Lordstown? It's a good company. It's going to be great. And they, I think they're Lordstown apologists. Yeah. Well, and Lordstown has seen some stuff. And you're, and you're a fan of, I mean, if there's a Lordstown apologist who's not even involved with the EV aspect of it, (laughs) you're, you're an apologist for the whole factory. I am. I am. That's where my family's Cavaliers were made. Spill some beer for him, <laughs> for your homies, for my homies. No, actually, uh, if anybody had a Vega, that's where those were made. Hmm. Beautiful Vega. Never did. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, so Lordstown, the whole EV maker thing. What's going on with them right now? According, this is from a press release. I'm not sure who the company is here. Foxconn EV production plan is back in motion. With Lordstown Motors Ohio plant acquisition, says Global Data. Following the news of the Taiwanese iPhone maker. Foxconn has acquired Lordstown Motors Electric EV factory for $230 million, Daryl. Bakar Sadik Agwan, senior automotive consulting analyst for Global Data and the leading data and analytic company, offers his view. The acquisition is a milestone for Foxconn U.S. EV ambition, which has come to a standstill with an uncertainty looming over the company's Wisconsin manufacturing plant. Well, that right there, folks, if you know anything about that Wisconsin plant, is what we call a... uh, a poop show. A boondoggle? A boondoggle, and certainly for the folks of Wisconsin. The purchase of the Lordstown Motor Manufacturing Site, uh, which was a GM plant until 2019, as everybody who knows Daryl knows, <laughs> will be a turnkey solution for Foxconn's EV manufacturing, and that will give it hand-off experience in the area. It indicates that the ready plant will garner quick learning with less investments, and GM that the GM plant capacity could turn around 300,000 units annually thus provide significant room for Foxconn to expand its capacity in the future. Well, Foxconn, folks, is Apple, right? I mean, can we can we call Apple Foxconn, Foxconn oh, no. Apple? They're, they're just a subsidiary yeah. that yeah. makes yeah. the yeah. Apple products yeah, whatever. in a very safe working factory condition place. This is so weird right now. Yeah, I mean, we got company, and we talked about the Sony car last time. 
Now, we talked a little bit about Apple cars, but Apple cars were really Apple cars. They were just Lexus dressed up with Apple Apple headgear. Mm-hmm. And now Foxconn has, built, has bought a factory that's building an EV truck. But Foxconn is totally in bed with Apple. Yeah. I mean... And I work in a dealership. I work for an auto manufacturer, and I and I think the auto manufacturers still hold a ton of cash. But as we've seen from Elon Musk and from investors, applications and practical knowledge of the automotive business don't seem to carry any weight with stockholders. If if you're Apple and you say you're going to build a car and you're going to build it with Foxconn at Lordstown, take my money. I think that's that's mm-hmm. almost that's that's the indication I get anymore. Well, how far along was Lordstown with their? their truck because they were another player in the early ev truck right right and so people were watching them they were watching rivian they're watching tesla and what's the other one uh nicola yeah nicola and and atlas there's there's countless of these truck manufacturers the only one that's made headway of course is rivian which we're really happy about being here in central illinois but also the the lordstown stuff they had a meltdown at the top level yeah, it was more of a management thing. Wasn't well, it? that no, Nikola had the complete meltdown given the oh. given the brother the battery technology gig and stuff like that. Okay, but I, I think that the problem was with Lordstown is they were just burning through massive amounts of cash and nobody was funding. They didn't have any any yeah. support, and it didn't look like the the local investors or the the private investors were going to help them out. So you know, Boxcon stepping in is huge. I mean, we think about Rivian, and we get to, we got a Rivian story coming up. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of money to get something off the road. So we're going to get into that here in a little bit. But uh, So Foxconn has the money to make things happen, is what I'm going to guess here. We'll, we'll see if – they didn't get into this to burn that money, I don't no. believe. No, and pretty much everything they've done has been successful. I mean, heck, they managed to survive all the massive media scrutiny of – Their employees throwing the themselves em- off the roofs? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hate to make light of that because we're talking Hopefully serious. the roofs are lower at, at – uh, I mean, it's Lordstown. you know. When Whoa, does that mean? Sorry. No, I mean it's it, it's 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 pretty serious stuff. But they managed to weather that. Any other company? I mean, you think about some of the companies stateside. There's a couple scandals here. There's some HR violations there. The company's done. Yeah, their brand. They have to rebrand or they sell off. Foxconn's like, yeah, that was us. Yeah, our bad. Hey, you want that iPhone 13? Yeah. And you want an EV car? Yeah, yeah we're which go I heard now. One of my employees talking about a thirty-month contract on his iPhone 13 or whatever. I'm what? Like, two and a half years, baby. <laughs> I mean, I guess the phones are made to last that long. But my God, it's like thirteen hundred bucks, yeah, too, right? 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 Thir- I think uh, every generation they add an extra hundred dollars. So yes, yeah. it's, it's pathetic. Yeah, anyway. Thank uh, goodness I go with Boost Mobile. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't. Yeah, the guy sitting here with his phone broke, his laptop broke. <laughs> right. Hey, just because I have to crank mine with a hand crank, don't worry about yeah, it. Right, right. All right, so um, this next story, we're going to talk a little bit about chip shortages. Chip shortages, I'm sorry, <laughs> car sales plunge as chip shortages choke off supply. How violent. Uh-huh. By Chris Isidore of uh, CNN Business. New car sales plunged over the last three months in the U.S. despite strong demand as the shortage of computer chips and other supply chain issues caused shutdowns at auto factories and choked off supply of vehicles. Uh, General Motors reported sales fell one-third from a year ago last quarter, and they were off 40% from the same quarter 2019. That's before the pandemic roiled the car market. Sales at Stellantis, the company formed by the merger of Fiat Chrysler and France's PSA Group, fell 19% from a year over a year and 27% from pre-pandemic 
times. Meanwhile, at Toyota, which includes Toyota and Lexus, third quarter sales edged up 1.4% compared to a year ago. But the three-month total includes a 22% plunge in September sales. So as we head into winter, it's rough. that's pretty rough uh, numbers to see. Toyota has reported fewer supply chain disruptions uh, than other automakers, though it has cut back production at some factories more recently. And so all automakers pointed to the semiconductor supply chain disruptions and historically low inventories as a problem for their sales. Well, there's no cars on the lot. I mean, I'll hop no. right in there and just jump on that. There's, None. I think we had uh, two red Highlanders and uh, two gray Tundras is like our whole new car inventory. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I had a uh, friend of a friend uh, actually got uh, rear-ended in an auto accident, and while they were going through the whole insurance and estimates rigmarole, they finally decided to total his vehicle out, and they gave him five days to return the rental car. I'm like, <laughs> Good luck with that. And he'd go find a new car. Here's your money. Yeah. Um, we want that back by Friday. And he's like, well, uh, how am I going to how am I gonna do this? So the places he looked at, stuff was selling. Like, if he didn't want it that night, they had a buyer yeah. Like they, they had people lined it's up. It's like Adam Merrick is like selling cars now. It, very much so. Yeah, he's, he's, like, our, he's our local. Uh, his selling system sells cars or houses in one day. Yeah, like guaranteed to sell your house in yeah. one day. Every every market has one of these guys. Yeah, and it's it's insane because you know one night you got nineteen vehicles on the lot. The next morning you got seven. Yeah. And okay, well, can I order what's coming down the pipeline? He says nope. we can't project that. No. Nope. Or uh, one place he said he looked at, they said, we have a bunch of cars out here, but they're missing fuse panels. They're missing all these parts that they're waiting to ship, and we got to fix them here um, and do the PDI. That's and all that. rough. That's r- and so Ford had talked about sending cars out that way unfinished. Yeah. And uh, as much as that sounds appealing, because at least you'll have the car on your lot, then you have frustrated customers who go on your lot and they see all these new cars <laughs> that they can't buy because you're still waiting on parts. Yeah. So which is worse? I'd rather have it behind a veil somewhere or behind a curtain in a warehouse than have exactly. it sitting on my lot for people to get irritated with me. I want the blue one. Well, we can't sell it to you. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Because, Karen. I'm, I'm sorry, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Karen. But it's right here. Yeah, yeah. I can't sell it to you. It doesn't run. And, oh, and, sure. Maybe I, you know what? And Tell frankly, you what. Karen, there's a uh, Brenda who's much more appealing to me than you. So I will sell it to you. Here's the key fob. Good luck. See yeah, you later. Yeah. And then turn the light off and lock the door. <laughs> it doesn't run. Now, I feel for him. Um, interesting to note, though, about the production ramping up. I mean, we talked a little bit yeah, earlier on. Yeah, that was my, uh, my secret tidbit if you were listening earlier in the show. So. If that driver was correct, and sometimes you know, boots on the ground knowledge is what you want, right? You want to hear a guy who who delivers the vehicles talking about a little insider scoop. I hope that guy's right. I hope more cars show up. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about Mitsubishi having record sales because guess what? When every other car sold out, the Mitsubishi lot still saying, "Hey guys, I got some cars over here for sale." Right. You know, so it's kind of, it's kind of like when you get off the you get off the freeway, the interstate, yeah. and you're looking at all the the restaurants and stuff. You're like, "Oh, McDonald's lines crazy. This is great. Burger King, Taco Bell, it's crazy." Well, Rallys has got one car. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like, guess I'll go to a yeah, Rallys. Absolutely, that's that's the Mitsubishi. Uh, and then you get the big Buford combo for two fifty, and then you get uh, <laughs> indigestion the rest of your day. Do you want this uh, Volvo story, Daryl? That's I mean, I mean, you sure. are the Volvo apologist. By the way, I, I'm still I'm taking the apologist term. I, I'm on. I love it. it. I stole it from Tony Bruno eons ago, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to run with it. Tony's not doing much anymore, but a podcast. So. Yeah, it'll be on our T-shirt. Um, so this next story is from CNBC, and I saw that actually today uh, when we were prepping for the show. Volvo says that the uh, shift to electric cars is the reason behind a 2.9 billion dollar IPO. I thought they were owned by their government. Or is that Saab? 
I'm sorry. Well, Saab, well, now, like, for a long time ago, Saab was acquired by GM and then sold off during the whole GM bankruptcy. Uh-huh. And Volvo was bought by Ford for a long time. They but owned them. Tata was involved somewhere, right? Yeah, and I don't know who the heck owns them now. And then there's, like, <laughs> Volvo, and then there's also the right. electric division, which is uh, Polestar, oh, which yeah. is owned by a Chinese company. So that's oh, them. So Polestar is Volvo. Hey. Okay, so Polestar almost made the news for me. This is probably that article. It might be. So the CEO of Volvo Cars has told CNBC that the automaker's shift to electric vehicles is the reason behind the planned listing on the NASDAQ Stockholm Stock Exchange. Volvo wants to raise $25 billion Swedish krona, or $2.9 billion, via the initial public offering, which will be one of the biggest in Europe in this year. So in an interview with CNBC, uh, Hakan Samuelson was asked why the company was going public now. And he said, basically, there's a lot of interest from investors to invest in EV companies. You see it growing all the time. He said, we've said that 2030 is our end date for the internal combustion engine, and we, of course, want to secure that transformation. So basically talked about how there's just a lot of buzz from investors. They want to go with green companies. It's funny, too, because the uh, you know they were one of the first. Volvo was one of the first in, I think, auto manufacturers that we took notice of that said 2030 was going to be the date where they're just You're not right, going to yeah. produce. So it was them. And then everybody else started kind of following suit, a lot of them over in Europe. Uh, I don't know... Um, It'll be interesting to follow this. I wonder if it'll time with the Rivian IPO because that should be coming fairly soon. Yeah, it's right? coming up here pretty quick. But uh, when you come down to it, if I'm going to throw money at an IPO, I'm going to throw it at Volvo or or Rivian. Yeah, I mean, I, the name carries a lot of weight, and I Absolutely. think I think Volvo has a known market. There's customers who trust Volvo for their safety mm-hmm. and their integrity and their build quality. And they've also, if you've watched some of the commercials or heard, you know, I get the free Pandora and all that, so I don't pay for stuff so I get the ads. <laughs> I know. But I hear a lot of things. They're, they're, they're kind of moving from, we've kept you safe, we're all about safe vehicles, and now we're making the environment safer with our vehicles. I, I noticed just a, a tinge of a Swedish accent when you said that. Well, um, I'm trying <laughs> to do it better. I don't. I can't do a Swedish accent. You, you had it before you even tried, I, I believe. Did. No, but it is interesting to see. And Volvo does have – the name does have a lot of brand equity, as they say. Yeah. And not only in cars, but also semis. You think across the country, across the world, Volvo also makes – Giant tractor trailers, yeah, and industrial trucks and uh, you don't heavy see machinery. Them as much as you did, I wonder if the uh, the cat converter uh, crisis ten years ago like blocked out some Volvo truck tractor trailers. Could be. I mean, I, I used to be you'd see Volvo Volvo trucks on the road a lot. I don't see them so much. Big they had tra- a, big rigs. So I'm big talking ones. About. Yeah, they had some joint venture too with with GM and also I think White. So I think that was like a conglomerate or like a joint venture, and uh-huh. then I think it dissolved. But I also wonder, it's only a matter of time before we start seeing electric, uh, heavy equipment, heavy machinery, and and things from from Volvo in that regard, I think. All right. You ready for this, Daryl? Let's do it. All right. So we haven't had this in a this we, we, we haven't had me get a little crazy, but this some national news here. This is possibly the weirdest thing. Are you ready for the living in a van down by the river segment of the show? It's a first. It is a first. This I'm is, curious. This is the Matt Foley segment of the show. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Matt Foley, <laughs> Google it, YouTube it. Anyway, yeah. this is from the New York Post, so you know it's got to be good. Airbnb kicks mysterious illegal van renter to the curb. Dean Balsamini, 
think that's a good Italian name. I'm not sure what that is. A mysterious woman who hawked dilapidated vans to adventurous Airbnbers has been kicked to the curb. The Airbnb host known as Nancy has been deleted from the company's online listing after cops last week seized seven vans. <laughs> Authorities said she had been using them for at least two years as cut-rate Airbnb, Airbnb rentals. One dissatisfied company or co- customer called the experience awful and made a YouTube video about her stay. Another observant track, an observant traffic enforcement agent noticed something off about the vehicles, and five of which were parked in the East Village. One registration and New Jersey plates were long expired, some going back as far as 2000, sources said. And another dissatisfied customer in the YouTube video said, This is awful, saying she was initially seduced by Nancy's ad, which offered him the van life experience, hashtag van life experience, for just $97 a night, Daryl. In the East Village? In the East Village. (laughs) I wouldn't take that. that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean... Well, you're an adventuresome guy. I am, and I and I've done Airbnbs. I've done no. I've done uh, whatever the other site is. I can't remember VRBO. V- VRBO. I've, you know, I could see. I mean, I've seen these little like uh, hut buildings where people like the home the like like homeless boxes on the side of the street. Yeah, I've stayed at hostels, Daryl. I stayed at a place in San Diego for thirty nine dollars a night in downtown. I mean, I could see where people would do this. Sure. But the fact is, if they didn't have permission for the vehicles to be on the road, then then that ruins the whole thing. I mean, I could, I, I would do it. You would. I, that's what I was going to ask yeah, you. I would, would do it. Would you do it for under hundred bucks? I guess the only problem I'd have is, does it come with a Gatorade bottle for me to pee in the middle of the night? I mean, or is there actually a place I can go and relieve myself? Well, it's a nice amenity to have. Yeah. Um, you'd have to step up to the next tier. Yeah. It's hashtag conversion van life. Oh yeah, it's that'd not be just nice. The van that'd life. be nice. Conversion van also gives you curtains. And the back seat that folds into a bed, yeah, yeah, and those map lights that don't work. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, dude, it's such a weird, it's such a weird <laughs> thing. I mean, everybody's. We talk about side hustles. I joked with the owner today about about side hustle. My my RV I bought, uh, RV camper, whatever it is. But uh, everybody's working a little side angle all the time, and yeah. just hey, you know what? This person tried. They pro- if they've had plates on there since two thousand, and they've been doing this for what two or three years, I would say. Mm-hmm. They made their money. Yeah. There's a great line in the movie Jackie Brown that um, Robert Forrester says. Mm-hmm. And it's where Samuel L. Jackson comes in. He's trying to bail out somebody. I forget who it is. And he's he's a complete – he's like an armed smuggler, drug dealer. He's a terrible character. And Robert Forrester is this bail bondsman. And he's like, I don't know what you do. It's probably illegal. But whatever it is you're doing, you're getting away with it. So more power to you. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember and that. it's just a quick little bit. And I'm like, yeah. it's – you know, Nancy – Great side hustle. Yeah. You might want to just, I don't know. Button it up and call it a day? Yeah. Maybe yeah. sell the vans? Maybe sell the van, Or maybe upgrade to an RV and charge $197 a night. <laughs> That's crazy. I'd miss this. Where did you find this? Uh, it was on it, – it, so that actually could have been in, in social media, this week in social media. It kicked up. It was probably on Drudge Report is where I saw it, and it was on the New York Post. Oh, and this guy has a YouTube. If you go to stay.uptin slash YouTube, yeah. you can check out uh, the guy's customer review how do you even review an Airbnb? I mean, do you just after your after your stay, a couple stars and a little I, blurb or you what? You know, I struggle with this all the time. And we this might be good pre-show material, but yeah. uh I so I, I went someplace, I had a subpar meal, but I I've, I've had several good meals. And what I'd like to do is, is it's like I hate the survey system that, that Toyota does. Mm. But the nice thing is I can always give kudos when I have a good experience, but then I could I could say, "Oh, something was off this time." 
Whereas if I do a post on Google or Yelp or wherever or Facebook, th- that's it's my per- one it's my permanent review. Yeah, I can't add to it. You know, Amazon, right. at least if you do an Amazon review on an item, you can like add to your review or you can say, "Hey, postscript" or you know, reply to your review. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's no great system for this stuff right now, as far as I can tell. Poor Nancy. Yeah, poor Nancy. Um, so I watched Flash of Genius. Oh, the movie about the intermittent yeah. wiper? You probably just got through the Regan episode. Yeah. <laughs> and if you did, you might have heard us talk. Maybe, was that pre-show or was that on the regular no, show? No, I think it was on the regular show. Okay. We talked about the Greg Kinnear movie, Flash of Genius. It's about the uh, gentleman who won his lawsuit versus Ford Motor Company for intermittent crews. And uh, it's a really produced ter- – it's almost like a Hallmark movie. I mean, there's a couple times where I watch the zoom and the in the focus. I'm like, oh, who did this? High schoolers? Like super cheesy. It's bad. And yeah. then the soundtrack is like some cheesy blues guitar riff. It's not good. Not good. No, because it's all about like an engineer. It is. And engineers aren't cool people. No, I, they, he, I mean, trust me. I don't want to say this. I'm going to yeah. Wow, way to go. Way to, way to lose every caterpillar employee <laughs> listening right now. How dare you? Hey, I How love engineers. You, I think engineers are like the 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 oh, pillars gosh. of the community. If it wasn't for engineers, we wouldn't even have these microphones, Daryl. That's not what I meant. What I meant to say was <laughs> engineers aren't usually the type of people who dig, are. Darryl, dig. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I would never be a politician. Engineers aren't the typically uh, the, the type of people you make a movie about, yeah. where their life is that interesting. And if you think about his it, life. Did you watch this movie? No, it looked terrible. His his life sucked after he 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 put himself in the hole. He you know, and there was a couple times all because he invented the intermittent wiper. He inter, he he built it, and uh, but then he got sidetracked. He was going to build a factory, and he was going to produce them for Ford, and then sell them to Ford. He was all about his, you know. Him owning something, and so he okay. got caught up in that game. In the meantime, Ford and everybody else, like, <laughs> we're gonna, we need these now. We don't have time for you to build a factory. We're not waiting two years or whatever. So they just did it themselves. <laughs> they so took they, a schematic. Yeah. Like, see you later. Well, not necessarily, but in, in their argument in court later on, I'm sorry, I'm gonna spoil the, the Hallmark movie for you. It was two hours. We got an hour into this. I'm like, oh, how much longer can it be? Twenty minutes? Another hour? I'm like, holy crap, man. We, we were in deep. Yeah. Um, but. Ultimately, the argument for Ford was, well, what he took was just existing technology and, and rearranged it in a way that made it do this. And and so Kern's, Kern's argument was, well, he pulled out Moby Dick. And I, I'm sure this was all pretty much from the court case. But he read, like, the first line of Moby Dick. He's like, well, is this word a new word? Is this a new word? You know, the, it was the best of times. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Moby Dick. It was Tale of Two Cities. Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst times. And uh, so all those words existed before Tale of Two cities. He just put them in this different order. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that was the argument. Blah blah. And the rest is history. And the guy made like 170 million dollars, something like that. Wow. Yeah. But originally, the settlement was going to be for like 250 or 450 thousand, which was 10 years earlier than that. And I'm thinking to myself, just take the money, dude. He yeah, take ruined, the money. Be done. He with ruined it. his family. He got a divorce. You know, he just all because he wanted Ford to apologize and pay him what he thought it was worth. So was it worth it? I don't know. Whatever. But there's a lot of that stuff early on. Any kind of pioneer usually winds up getting ripped off or, yeah. uh, you know, I could go on and on. Hey, but anyway, I will so I'll put that in my list of put movies a, to put watch. Put in your list of uh, crap. When your wife wants to watch a crappy Hallmark Christmas movie, go, 
I got something better. It's about cars, but it's produced as good as that movie. It's going to be so bad, you're going to love it. And it's got a sad ending with no romance. You'll yes. love this movie, honey. <laughs> Speaking of cruise control, Daryl, did you know GM is ready to resolve its lawsuit against Ford over Blue Cruise? I did not. This is from Jamie LaRoe of the Detroit Free Press. General Motors is ending its lawsuit against Ford Motor Company over its use of a single word, cruise. The battle started in July when GM sued Ford for copyright infringement, saying the Ford name for its hand-free driving system called Blue Cruise was too closely resembled to GM's self-driving subsidiary called uh, Cruise. The GM Super Cruise and its hand-free driving system that it introduced in 2012 and then launched in 2017. On Sunday night, GM told the free press that the lawsuit had been resolved amicably. They declined to release any final terms. A Ford spokesman said the settlement is still in process, but they made a comment indicating the future of the word Blue Cruise – Blues Clues. It was Blues Clues, exactly. Blues Clues, yes. That's what it was. <laughs> May continue on future Ford cars. Isn't that a relief, Daryl? That's stupid. Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> That's one of those stories where you're just like, did somebody meet I like somebody? the Copilot 360 or whatever they had. I think yeah. that, was, that was a better name. Autopilot. Autopilot. Yeah, <laughs> you, and also, whenever something that ridiculous yeah. gets settled amicably, is it just like two executives meeting with an attorney yeah. in the parking lot out behind the courthouse and be like, Hey, uh, we're going to go to this steakhouse. I'll buy you a steak. You want to make this disappear? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know if the shareholders are always that uh, nice about it. You're going to have some. <laughs> I, mean, used to, I don't remember the name of these giant uh, shareholder guys who would like control the companies, but this happened years ago. You, you like hear stories about everybody's cool, but this one guy who owns like 20% is like, you know, manhandling the whole company decision, right? Mm hmm. So maybe they just buy him out. It seemed like Chrysler had that problem. Didn't Daimler and Chrysler? I'm trying to remember the guy. There was like a rogue, yeah, like a rogue shareholder. Yeah, we'll have that could be a deep dive on the next show. That's a rabbit hole segment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. All right. So, all right. so Daryl, you talked a little bit about this before. It, we have local news, Rivian. Yes. Yeah, so Rivian, which is basically our neighbor just uh, to the east of us 20, here. 20 minutes away down the road. Yep. Rivian, the maker of electric pickups backed by Amazon, disclosed a net loss of <sighs> almost a billion dollars. Yikes. In the first half of uh, 2021, in its initial public offering paperwork. The Irvine, California-based startup in a filing Friday with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission listed the size of the offering as $100 million. That was a placeholder that will change when terms of the share sale are set. Rivian, which, of course, everyone here is talking about the IPO, seeking to be valued at about $80 billion at a listing, Bloomberg News reported in August when the company announced that it had filed confidentially for an IPO. The company's IPO plans come as the electric vehicle makers are starting to scale up, angling for a bigger slice of the growing market. With $10.5 billion raised from backers, including Amazon and Ford Motor Company, an established factory in Illinois, and thousands of reservation holders for its R1T truck and R1S sport utility, Rivian is among the most serious competitors lining up to take on the electric vehicle leader Tesla. Leader's a stretch, but anyways... <laughs> Um, the filing revealed some new details about Rivian's pact with Amazon that underscores how the startup has tied its future to one of the biggest benefactors. The e-commerce giant is going to have exclusive rights to Rivian's delivery vehicles for four years after receiving its first one, and it gets right of first refusal to buy the vans for two years after that. Amazon has ordered 100,000 last-mile trucks by 2030. Those are full EV delivery trucks, and the first 10,000 are due this year. But the filing shows that Amazon's logistics unit is not bound to buy any electric delivery vehicles from Rivian and that it can still work with other potential automotive partners. Yeah. Uh, yeah hey, we're not just going to get it from Rivian, guys. We're going to, like, uh, 
Yeah, we'll we'll call other people. Sure. Yeah, Dodge. You know, keep our keep our number. Right. Right. <laughs> we got you in our phone. We'll hit you up. We'll holler at you, boy. Hey, Daryl, I did the math, so you don't have to. Thank you. I, I appreciate I, that. Yeah, I was I don't, a C I, math student. I, yeah, well, I, yeah, I wasn't much better, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know what one billion dollars is. And six, if you were to break it out over six months, uh-huh. it's only five point five million dollars per day that they were losing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's for 182 days for half a year. That sounds reasonable. Wait a minute. Were you in finance? This no, sounds no, reasonable no. But, to I mean, me. I mean, if I want to take it down a little bit further and think about it, I mean, it's $228,000 an hour, Daryl, 24 uh, hours a day. And okay. And really, when you think, that's only $3,800 a minute they lost. That's literally burning $4,000 a minute. Okay. That how sounds, that's, how about, that's how about, not bad. How about $63 a second, Daryl? Well, that's much more manageable. I think that's... I wouldn't worry about that too much. No, I wouldn't either. So, I mean, if you think about it, you and I, we could own a car company. Sure. We, we could own we could own a company that's going to build cars. Mm-hmm. I could own it for, I could probably afford 10 or 15 seconds where the wife would completely freak out on my ownership opportunity with Rivian. And then pull the plug. Yeah, I'd have to pull the plug at 15 yeah. seconds. But yeah. uh, I'd be out then. But uh, when you think about it, they got 80-some million coming in the IPO, and they burned a billion this is how it works now, I guess, right? This is how Amazon did it. This is how Tesla did it. All these folks that start up something cool. But they also had, what were the early on infusions from Ford and from Amazon were like, weren't they like 500 million? 500 mil, yeah. I mean, it wasn't chump change. It, yeah. Somebody somewhere, multiple people, <laughs> actually saw something that they believed in enough to pony up that much dough and back them. So yeah. I'm excited to see what happens with them. The The, the local buzz around here uh, in the last couple of weeks is they actually had prototypes out. Uh, first production vehicles have run off the lines. Yeah. They've had some on display. They've had a lot of local media taking tours and, and, and getting to drive them. And employees. I've seen several friends that are employees out there. Some people I've talked to, because of the employee discount they're going to get, they're like, oh, I'm buying one. I'm buying one. Totally. Yeah, Because I, I think it was literally like, Twenty thousand dollars saving if you're an employee or something like that. Yeah, it was a it was a really good chunk of change. Yeah, yeah. And I think we looked it up maybe last time. I don't remember if we talked about it, but the uh, list price, the MSRP on the t- on the truck, the R1T, I think it starts at sixty seven before tax savings or after. That's before the seventy was it seventy five hundred dollars. They're talking about yeah, yeah, seventy five hundred dollar yeah. credit. Well, after Joe Biden's done with it, it'll probably be fifteen thousand dollar credit. <laughs> um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, here, here's my thing: you and I were in a garage a month ago mm-hmm. in, in Danvers, Illinois, and there was an old Italian car in the corner, and a couple of Fiats, and uh, and I thought to myself, can a Rivia? What if you came around the corner? 50 years from now, and there's a Rivian truck sitting there. You, that truck is, it's a paperweight. I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of the modern stuff yeah. is going to be obsolete. Yeah. And it's, it's not, if there were any gas involved, there's any petroleum involved, and I hate to be this way. I'm not trying to sound like uh, I'm Debbie Downer on this, but I think that the usability of these vehicles, and this is just like Foxconn buying Lordstown, you, it's like an iPhone. This, my iPhone 3 is is a paperweight. Yep. And we know that. We're like, oh, we've moved on. Nobody is ever... It's not like I'm going to go to Mega Replay in 10 years go, oh, man, look at that iPhone 3. That's a classic. I'm going to get that. It's not supported. I'm not getting any apps. I can't get on any... I can't get on any uh, Wi-Fi structure with it because it probably doesn't have the whatever the current security level is. Yep. And so that's what's going to happen with these cars. So my only hope is, at this point, 
is that this thing is completely 100% recyclable. And you can take everything out of this vehicle, at least 98% or 99% of it, and do something else with it because these cars aren't made to last like that. No. No, I think you're 100% right. And when you start talking about that in certain circles, people think you're crazy. Or, yeah. well, well, nobody's going to keep these forever. Um, nobody people keep, do. But people do. People used to. That's, there's a certain group of our population that's used to keeping their stuff. And letting it rot in their yard for 50 years. Yeah, or just, <laughs> I don't know, using it for more than a decade. Yeah. Uh, there's also those people that buy new dishwashers every three years because they keep breaking. Or their refrigerators every five years. I don't think my grandparents replaced the fridge in 50 years. They did when they moved. Yeah. And they had to sell the house. I mean, there's just – there are certain life cycles, expectancies for, for products like this. And I think these are – people always say, oh, it's an appliance. New cars are just an appliance. And they really are. Yeah. They're going to be so uh, expensive that people aren't going to buy them. They're going to lease them. They just turn them in every couple of years and just be done with it and get a new one. And maybe that's where we need to go. Maybe I I just uh, a hard time with that. I'm I'm struggling with it. I mm-hmm. just feel like a lot of these cars are coming off. You know, this is it's going to be great. It's going to be fun, and I think technology is great. I just I don't see these cars lasting the duration. So enjoy them while they're out there and get your lease, just like your iPhone. But hopefully they don't clutter landfills and we and we do something with them later on. Right. If anybody wants to find out how that worked in the in the past life in other countries, look at the Trabant. Google the Trabant. Trabant. T r a b a n t. And out of East Germany, it was a car that was made out of wool reinforced resin. And there were these cheap cars for the masses. You know, obviously a socialist country. And, yeah. And they were basically just a little two cycle oil burning nightmare. Oh. And when they eventually died, the motors, bur- you know, the cars just wore out. Yeah. You couldn't do anything with them. You couldn't crush them. You couldn't melt down the steel. You c- I mean, some of the stuff you could. But the bodies, the chassis, stuff like that, they wound up burning them. And it released all kinds of toxic oh, smoke. Oh, God. Uh, so there's still a lot of landfills yeah. over in that part of the world that are filled with these cars yeah. you couldn't do anything with. Yeah. So. I mean, I, don't get a, I didn't mean to get on a serious sidetrack there. But, uh, yeah, the more, you, the more you do the math in your head, you're like, come on, man. Let's, uh, yeah. we got to do better. But uh, you know who's trying to do better, Daryl? Every day. Every day is hustling, Daryl. Oh, I think I know his Every name. Every day I'm hustling because I'm Elon Musk. It's your moment of Musk, everybody. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this or not. This last week, Daryl, Elon Musk <laughs> got on his high horse because he's got money again. Does he? Yes, yes. I don't remember where this came from. Elon Musk is having he edged Jeff Bezos as the world's wealthiest human being list again. And he wants to send his space and Rich's rival a keepsake, Daryl. I'm, se- nice. I'm sending a giant statue of the digit number two to Jeff B., along with a silver medal. Musk told Forbes, along with being, <laughs> upon being asked for comment, on becoming the third person ever to amass $200 billion of fortune. And that is your moment of Musk. Oh, number two, Jeffrey. Wow. There you have it. Rich dorks. I don't, Pretty much. We, you know, we watched uh, Saturday Night Live this last Did week. Did you see that? Yeah. And we watched uh, Jeff Bezos fighting along Richard Branson flying in space mm-hmm. and then the evil Star Trek Ego Quest. Ego Quest. Ego I mean, Quest. This, this has me thinking. I mean, I'd like to go back. Not that I cared that much, but were the Vanderbilts and the Rothschilds, like, were they sending letters via, like, Western Union, like, oh, I got you this week, you know. <laughs> got a telegraph for you, sir. What's it say? Oh, it's from that S- damn Rothschild. It says, suck it. Yeah. <laughs> suck it, Trebek. Or whatever the uh, 1890s <laughs> yeah, yeah, contemporary I, slang yeah, would have been. I, I tell you what, man. I, so 
when I lived in Fort Myers, uh, the the Edison Museum was down there, and there was a whole thing about how Edison hung out with Henry Ford and uh, oh yeah, Thomas and, Firestone, and Firestone or whatever yeah. his name yeah. is. And so that was like a whole thing down there. And I Andrew always wondered, Firestone. you know, it was as these guys were, you know, titans of industry. Did they sit there and like did they like measure? Yeah, you know, like like we talked about. I think they just went fishing and compared fish. Okay. Or shot like endangered species or something. Go. Whatever rich people did back then. Yeah. This this whole thing. I mean, Jeffrey, I own shares of, of Amazon because I believe in, in the uh, capitalistic model. I don't own shares of Tesla because I still think at some point the card game is up. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm waiting for it too. Have yeah. you seen the, the build quality videos of the Model no. 3? No. Uh, Model 3s have been coming out. Obviously, for a couple of years now, uh, there's there's the latest ones have been. I don't know where they're built. I don't even care. But there's a lot of quality control issues yeah. apparently from people who paid a lot of money for them. Yeah, and they get them and they're like, hmm, yeah, it's kind of a, it's all a facade. Yeah, I rode an X while back though. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I could see uh, owning this. Yeah, it is what it is. They're nice. D- it depends time and a place in the situation. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Anyway, uh, that's my buddy. Patreon subscriber Don buzzing in on my phone there. Uh, just put him on, patch him through. Yeah, right. <laughs> Caller, you're on the air. All right, G- Daryl, do we have any grinding of the gears? I had one little tidbit. It looked bu- like you had some gears to be ground. I, I did. Yeah, you know, I'm, I was cruising back from Ohio with my trailer. Uh-huh. And I was going through a lot of construction zones, stuff like that. And at one point, I was in the left-hand lane, which I don't like to do when I'm hauling a trailer. But if I'm in the left-hand lane, it's probably because everybody else around me is going slower. And so at one point... I'm like, I'm I'm beside a motorcyclist, and he's not wearing a helmet. He holds up his hand and looks at me and flashes five five. He holds up all of his digits on his left hand. <laughs> okay, like, like I don't know the speed limit. How fast are you going? I think I was doing fifty five or fifty. I was probably doing fifty seven to sixty, if I had to guess. Okay, somewhere there. So not crazy. I, I wasn't going crazy. I'm pulling a trailer. I have no trailer brakes because I, a tree hugger didn't have a controller on it. So I'm not doing anything stupid. But this guy who who basically – listen, I don't know if he was a junior police ranger when he was a kid. Right. I don't know if he's got like an authoritarian thing where he feels like he's got to be a traffic cop you know, for everybody else around him. Mm-hmm. But he, he has no business telling me what the speed limit is. It, it bugged me. I don't know why. How the, long did you seethe about it? I think it was about 100 miles, 100 miles. 100 miles. <laughs> like and looking back, like you. I wanted to make sure I seethed so much that it made it to the dock. You know, <laughs> we do a pre-show dock, and we and we write all this stuff down yeah. in 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 cursive. As a matter of fact, we I do write it all down in cursive, and I make sure right. that you know I want to practice my penmanship so Daryl can read it as well. Of course, and then I fax it to Daryl, and I make sure he can read it. And he said, "We do," a, and then I a, mimeograph it so we have copies. Yeah, that's a bad copy, but I'm going to try and work with it. Yeah, <laughs> carbon paper. <laughs> I love though, like your point to your point, like who? What are you like? The king of the road? Yeah, or Fire you, Marshal Bill? I'm yeah. not sure what that was. Everybody though has there's there's some people in every group that want to be the arbiter of truth and all that's right and just mm-hmm. with the world. You know, hey, slow down there. Where's the fire? You know, yeah. you know, maybe there is a fire. There might have been. You don't know me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was the, My name's Chad, thought? by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Chad and Karen. Anyway. anyway, that guy might have been a Chad. I don't know what was going on there, but all I know is when he held his hand up for the 5-5, five, five, I'm like, 
this guy sucks. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> this like, guy's terrible. Yeah, put a helmet on, Jack yeah. Wagon. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna flame me for not going the speed limit exactly. But exactly. Like the the no helmets, fine. All right, I've done enough chatterboxing, Daryl. For the next segment, cars of the week. I'm sorry for any of the hearing impaired folks. I did not give you any uh, time time to prepare yourself. You blast them too but, much. But I am gonna say cars of the week segment, Daryl. You know, yeah. I don't know how it was for you this week. Facebook was out for a day. Yeah, it was rough. And, and, my, and so for Cars of the Week, Daryl and I, we peruse all of the used car sites, car gurus, Facebook Marketplace. Does Twitter have a marketplace yet? I don't think they do. They should. They should. <laughs> but uh, Facebook Marketplace was down, so I could not scan for a whole lot of cars this last week. But what we do, we look at stuff. We look online. We share it with our to our buddies, and we share it around to our wives. And my wife generally ignores those emails when I find something I bring a trailer. <laughs> But uh, sometimes, just sometimes, we find one that's going to be, it's going to fit the garage, it's going to fit our lifestyle, and that's our car of the week. We virtually bought it in our head. We own this car. Daryl, what did you buy in your mind this week? Well, after my wife blocked me, um, I actually, no, I'm kidding, I did send this to her. She's like, "Mm, that's nice, and then that was it. So anyways, but I went ahead, mentally even bought a 1984 Ford Thunderbird Elon, not Ooh. not Elon Musk. It's like I don't know, it's French. I didn't get the hand script on this one, so uh, I, this is all new to me. No, so this is a uh, it's a, it's a beautiful kind of a, a dark steel blue. I'll throw it your way. See, I just see it was on Facebook Marketplace, Ooh. and it's I remember, yeah, I remember as a kid when these uh, these things were popular. Uh, there weren't many other U.S. cars in 1984, especially like luxury coupes like these. Yeah. That looked this good. These were kind of the early Arrow. It's the second year of the Arrow Fords, what they call, like I guess, the Arrow Fords. Like Thunderbirds, the Cougars. There's a Ford designer named Jack Telnack. And he also gave us the Taurus and the Tempo. Anything that was kind of round sculpted with those aerodynamic fronts and the, the door handles that were recessed. It wasn't like the GM. You know, if you look at like an 84 Monte Carlo yeah. or like an 84 <laughs> Dodge Murata, nobody has those, by the way. People forgot about those. I didn't. <laughs> but they look, if you park one of those cars next to this thing, light years different. Um, they also did the Lincoln Mark Seven. Those are really, really slick looking cars. Um, this thing is actually cool. It's built on the Fox chassis, so it's like a Mustang, but a little longer wheelbase. But so, okay, so because we talked about these when we did mm-hmm. a little Fox deep dive a while back, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. So this thing actually popped up in Galesburg, which is oh. forty-five minutes from here. So close, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I wouldn't have to trailer it. Um, it's got a low miles. I think it's sixty some thousand miles on. It's a three hundred two V eight five liter fuel injection, so it's pretty reliable and, and it's easy to work on. Cheap to work on, and this has all the paperwork. So it's probably somebody's grandma's car. It's it's just it's really nice. Uh, Sixty seven hundred dollars is what Whoa, they're asking. Oh, what which, a deal! I mean, right now it is, but also three four years ago, this car would have been a thirty five hundred dollar car. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, could I possibly have seen like a fake spare? carrier on the back of that <laughs> um the lincoln mark 7 had that kind of hump okay. back okay yeah. same proportions and everything and you either love it or you hate it yeah this i thought the thunderbird was super super clean the cougar you started getting frumpy they started doing the vinyl half top with the little light up cougar yeah. on the back land out top yeah yeah these were a little more sleek i think and they actually had i looked it up because they had like this they had a heritage edition they had the the turbo coupe, which was a neat car. Yeah. They even had the Elan, which was kind of the mid range, and they had a Fila edition, 
like the sneakers. Oh, the tennis shoe? Yeah. And it was like white and blue nice. and red. It had like a little stitched logo in there. Who would be, what year was this? 84. 84. Well, I mean, that was Jordan's era was in eh, was the early later. 90s. Yeah. yeah. So you could have the Kareem edition, maybe. Maybe, or like the, yeah, like Run DMC, although I think they were Adidas fans. Somebody would love it. Anyways, that was my pick. Totally random. but And, and so the wife said? She said, that's nice. And then she went back to watching Murdoch Mysteries or whatever, <laughs> whatever BBC <laughs> show she's watching. Uh, I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you saw the uh, Billy Bob Thornton shows back on Amazon season four. Uh, oh, what is that? I hate him as a human being. Oh, oh, never mind. So that's right. I mean, I'm sure he's great, but I hate him. It's a good show. Uh, I, although I can't, it's so good I can't remember the name. But so, Darryl, <laughs> so what did you pick? By the way, Billy Bob Thornton. If you ever want to watch anything that makes you feel like like. I don't know, a better human being. Watch Billy Bob Thornton's interview with Kuan Jomeshi on uh from the CNBC. Okay. Years ago. His band was in there. Is the, it this has got the blood vial around his neck with Angelina No, blood, this okay. this is after that and he was doing like his band. Oh. And he was like, I'm a serious musician. And that he had him on to talk with his band. They did a performance on the show. That's up in Canada. And you can Google it, it's great. Well check it on YouTube. After the show, they do the interview, and he starts talking to the band, whatever, and then he starts talking to Billy Bob about his movie career, and he's like, that's not why we're here. You should talk to my bass player. You should talk to this person. We're here for a band, not the Billy Bob Thornton show. And he's well, like, let's be frank, Mr. Thornton. You wouldn't be on the show right now had you not had a movie career. He kind of said that, and then <laughs> Billy Bob doubles down, and it's it's awful. The rest of the interview goes off the rails, and it's so bad. I lost all respect. All right, Daryl's going to add that to the document later yeah. on so you can watch. That. I will. Right. I'll put a link up. Sorry. Right. Anyways, <laughs> Eric, what did you pick for a car of the week? Okay, so I got a little weird. I mean, I always pick some weird like uh, import vans or something, you know. And, and I'm no different here. But when we were in Nashville a couple weeks ago, and we were at the trailer place, we were headed to the trailer place to look for our camper. Uh, we I. I knew the shape of this. I was I was like an eighth of a mile away on a busy Nashville road, and I saw this white van ahead of me with a roof rack on it. But I could tell by the profile on it, it was an import. It was like an Asia van. I'm like, wait okay. a second. And I got up next to it. I could. It was a Toyota High Ace. If oh, you don't, cool. If you don't know the Toyota High Ace, as, as somebody who's traveled to the Caribbean and traveled to Europe, you'll see these High Ace vans. There's something about uh, they're they're based on a Toyota truck platform. But they're an industrial van, but for whatever reason, they never made it past United States safety standards. And the engine is very familiar to us. The 2.4 liter is very similar to the 2.4 liter that I believe is in my son's, my son's forerunner. And it's the same thing that was in Tacoma's for years. Um, but they have a, a, a third or fourth row scenario in them that doesn't make them fit for United States safety standards. And their sidewalls are super thin, too, just like all, all mm-hmm. Asian makes. So, okay. you know, I think for side collision, they're probably horrible. They're like the Previa. You know, you're, you're sitting way up on the engine compartment. So those kind of vans never make it past American safety standards. Well, I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And as I got closer to him, I could see he had Canadian plates on it. And I'm like, okay, so this guy, he's just traveling through the country. For whatever reason, I don't know if it was synchronicity or serendipity or, you know, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> Daryl. A 1996 Toyota Hiace fan showed up. On my Facebook Marketplace feed, I'm telling you what, Facebook Marketplace is the devil because it's almost yeah. like it sees everything you do and it says, oh, <laughs> I saw you looked at a picture for too long on something. And by the way, there's one for sale. Here you, know, you are. Yeah. On a silver platter. 
Right. So in Chicago, Illinois, so super close, 98,000 miles, and it has the title. It's a 1996 Toyota Hi-Ace van. It's industrial white. It's got a high boy roof on it with a fiberglass top. The van was kind of used as like a handicap assist vehicle, so it's got a rear lift gate in the back. Okay. But but that high roof with that fiberglass top, I mean, I could set up a bunk bed scenario in the back. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, was just, I was just at Camp World. I was looking at like a queen-size bed thing where you kind of move some stuff and then slap the pads down there and then you let, you know. Oh, that'd be awesome. And then me and my wife could camp. We'd be in love again. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the answer to any problem. It is. It is. This is a beautiful. It's got curtains. It's got, you know, tons of storage. It's got the running boards on the side. And it's ready to go. Uh, it was only, what what I say here? $10,900. And is that good? Cuz I've seen those come up before and they seem like they they go for pretty good money. Well, I you know, I think if that van were just a stock van without the uh the topper mm-hmm. and uh it were just a panel van, I think 7 or 8,000. dollars I don't know that they come in an all-wheel drive option, but to me, so the biggest thing and I run into this now cuz I got a JDM Super on the shop right now. This van is bone stock. It's got a, an engine that's it's very comparable to the United States engine, and it's new enough it can hook up to all the uh, onboard diagnostic stuff. So I can work on this van. Okay. This van doesn't present a lot of problems. You know, if a, you know if a wheel bearing goes out, maybe I got to wait a couple of days for a wheel bearing from Japan. But but realistically, this thing is ready to go. Yeah. And I could live the van life. Hashtag van life <laughs> without without the uh, the horrible. Whatever yeah. she's got going on in New York City, that lady. Yeah, or or the one who's got murdered in her van and her boyfriend's run the Appalachian Trail or whatever that whole story is. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. We didn't get into that because that wasn't really car related, but kind of was. Kind of was. Kinda. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. So the highest does this one have? Does it have like a crank out roof like a Westphalia, like an old VW? I, so or? I mean, the, I think the possibilities are endless with one of these. But when you get one that's already got the fiberglass roof on it, I don't think there's anything else I can do. I think at this point. This sucker okay. is done. Uh, I think you could probably find a million conversion kits for a traditional one, especially for a cargo van. And maybe we'll keep looking. My dad actually asked why I hadn't bought it yet when he saw this. I mean, it does seem like something right up your alley. I mean, honey, my dad said I should buy it, right? I mean, <laughs> I if, if, you're, if your dad said to buy something, you'd probably buy it, right? Yeah, we actually went back and forth last week on a 1930 Chevy. So, well, I'll give you half. And I'm like, no, that's no, because then we're both in trouble <laughs> to Stop. a serious degree. Stop, Dad. But uh, no, I almost picked that one. Now, the high ace is cool. When I went and looked at that Century up in. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, you went up to Con- what, Continental, was, was it? No, um, St. Charles. Okay. St. Charles. They had a high ace fire truck. It's like a '94. Yeah, so it's like the, it's got the the cab over engine front, but then it's a fire engine in the back. Yeah, yeah, and it was like a little crew cab, so it had four doors on it. Yeah, it's a pretty good size, and I I swear that was it sat up pretty high. It might have been a four wheel drive. Might have been, uh, but it looked cool, and I thought that would be neat. And it was super super clean and super expensive, so I was like, hey, forget that. But I have seen those high aces come up now and then, yeah. and they do seem. Like they'd be a fun little ride. I could see you guys buzzing around. I could see. I could see owning one of those. Yeah, and I, and like I said, the practicality is it could be worked on. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting something that's like completely foreign. So yeah, I can still plug in. I, you know, the, there'll be a few learning curves, but realistically, knowing it's got the 2.4 liter and the Tacoma drivetrain, it's probably fine. I'm not worried about a whole lot in that thing. So. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's my car of the week. I win. Thank you. All right. Good luck. <laughs>
I'll keep pulling for you. <laughs> All right, you've reached the end of another throwing up, throwing wrenches episode. Throwing right? episode. Throwing up. I'm I throwing up all over myself here because <laughs> <laughs> I love that van. Uh, throwing wrenches uh, podcast. This has uh, been a great fun. I hope you had a great time, and I hope you log in to iTunes and you put on a review and you say, "Hey, Eric is great. Daryl is greater, and I love this podcast." And I even make my grandmother listen to it. I'll give you two stickers. You write that review. Two. You heard it, folks. Yeah. He'll give you the good stickers. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, yeah. Make sure you, uh, if you have any comments or concerns, send them to info at throwingwrenches.com. Check out our website, www.throwingwrenches.com. And that's all we got. It is. I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. We'll see you next time.